if you obey my teachings, you really are my disciples, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Okay, what's the, what sets you free? Knowing the truth, exactly. The truth is the truth whether you know it or not, but if you don't know it, then you don't get set free. Do you guys follow that? So what sets you free? Knowing. Knowing the truth. Knowing the truth and applying the truth. And that means, okay, just think about this. That means that if the truth, knowing the truth will set you free, that means that if you are not free, it must mean that? I got some mumbles there. That you don't know the truth. Let me say that again. Jesus says, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. That means that freedom comes through knowing the truth. And if you're not free, if there's an area of your life where you are in bondage, it is because you do not know the truth, and not the opposite of knowing the truth is being deceived. And the horrific thing about being deceived is that people who are deceived do not know that they are deceived because if they knew or they, if they knew they were deceived, they would not be deceived. Are you guys with me? In other words, the people who are deceived don't know it. That's pretty scary. So how do you know if you're deceived or not? You, you can ask God. That's right. You do ask God. You know his word. What's that? If you're free or not. Dude, I like, I like this guy. You want to preach? He wants to preach. Get ready, man. We're putting you through pastoral training. You came to the right place. That's exactly right. Yes, you do pray. You do know, you know his word. But there's people who are, who are praying who are praying in deception. Deception. They're seeking, they're, they're, they're seeking God in a, in, a, in a wrong way. Or they're reading the scripture and they're deceived about what the scripture says. It happens all the time. But if Jesus says that you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free, then if you're free, then it means that, you, that you're walking in the truth. And if you're not free, it must mean that there's some deception somewhere. So if you're thinking, well, how do I know if I'm deceived or not? The answer is just like Caleb said, if... I'm, if there's an area in my life where I'm not free, there must be some deception that the devil has succeeded in getting me to believe is true. What is that? Are you guys with me? Okay. We're talking about this tonight because it's not okay for me as a pastor. I'm here teaching you guys, training you guys, giving my time so that you guys can be free. Walk in freedom. And it's not okay for me to talk about a bunch of theology if we've got people here who can't get free. So, so this, over the past 10 days, I've probably had three people in my office confessing to me sexual sin. And I'm at the point where I've had this conversation so many times, and I, I don't want to have it anymore. Not that you can't come and talk to me, and I'll give you the conversation. But I am so tired about talk, talking about pornography and masturbation. 
And I'm so sick of the devil's lies in people's lives that I just want together that we all just take our foot back and kick the devil in the head and say no more. I want freedom for these people because we've got something to do that if, if we're not free from this, if we're, not, if we're not free from the deceptive lies of the devil, then how are we going to change the world like we're trying to do? I mean, I can sit here and talk and talk and talk about change the world, but if I've, I've got an army of people who aren't walking in freedom, then we're not going to get very far. We've got to be free. We've got to be free. So I'm speaking to you because it matters to me that you are free. And I know the norm out there is not freedom. The norm out there is we're sinful people, and maybe someday we're going to get better, and Jesus is going to come back and fix all this. So in the meantime, I'll do the best I can, but that's not very good, so oh well. Jesus will forgive me. And I just want to say, not us. Not us. So we're going we're gonna to start... In, a, in Romans chapter 7, which a lot of you know because you've read it, and you're going, that's me. And I want to say, no way is it you. And you're like, yes, it is. And I'm going to say, no, it's not. You say, well, if the, if the apostle Paul dealt with this, then why, why do I think I'm going to be any better? So I guess I'm just stuck in this mess. Who knows what Romans chapter 7 is about? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. It's not... Okay, some of you guys do. Okay, some of you guys are like, man, I, I lived in that. Okay, this is, so we're reading Romans chapter 7, starting verse 14. And I hope, I hope you guys understand the truth here about what this is saying. And don't misinterpret it. So Romans chapter 7, verse 14. Paul, the apostle Paul is writing. And he's going to say some things that you're going to be like, what? So here he goes. We know. You guys get your Bibles? Open your Bibles. If you don't have a Bible, Mr. Matt will get you one. You need a Bible. It's, it's, it's worth getting a Bible. We know. Chapter 7, Romans 7, chapter 4, chapter 7, verse 14. We know that the law is spiritual. Speaking of not only the Mosaic law, but the, the law of God that is in the heart of every human. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. What? So here's my question. Was Paul a slave to sin? And are you a slave to sin? So why does, think about this. Paul says, I'm sold as a slave to sin. Okay, this is Romans chapter, what, what chapter verse is this? 7.14. Now, look back at one chapter at Romans 6.17. And make a note in your Bible in chapter 14, in chapter 7, verse 14, make a note, right, Romans 6, 17. Because if you're not careful, you're going to forget what you read one chapter earlier. But Paul hadn't forgotten. He's making a point here. Look at Romans 6, 17, okay? This Bible study, so you guys got to look. But thanks be to God, this is Romans 6, 17, but thanks be to God, that though you used to be slaves to sin, underline that, as in the past tense, there was a time when you were slaves to sin. You wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. The form of teaching is not just some doctrinal ideology. It's a way of living. In other words, you became free from your slavery to sin, the slavery to sin that you were a part of. You, came, you became free from that by a pattern of living. Verse 18. 
You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. Amen. So, are you sold, back in chapter four, 7, verse 14, are you sold as a slave to sin like Paul says? No. Is Paul lying? What's going on here? we got to make sure that we know what's going on. The answer, though, is no. You were at one point sold as a slave to sin, but you have been set free. You've been set free from who you are. So Paul can't be saying, because he just said in the chapter before, you can't be saying that he's a slave to sin, because he just said he'd been set free. Are you guys with me? Got to make sure you read those verses together. So, guys, understand, we've got to stop saying, oh, I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner, and God loves me. But my sinful nature is just going to keep on sinning and sinning and sinning. And, you know, guys will be guys, and that's what guys do. No way. If you are in Christ, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, You are a new creation. The old thing that you were is out the door, is gone, and you are something new. The new has come. You're new. Your identity has changed, and you're free from sin. Whatever sin you're involved in tonight, you are free. Say this, guys. Say, I am free. free. Say it one more time. I am free. free. Okay, with that in mind, let's read this next part, understanding that Paul is not describing, this is important, guys, Paul's not describing where he is at the time of writing this. He can't be because he said he's already been set free. Are you guys with me? Okay. He's already said he's free from sin. So what he's doing is hypothetically explaining what his life was like or what life is like before the habitual pattern of depending on the Holy Spirit is put in place in a person's life. And he's going to get to that. He's talking about what life is like until... We walk out the freedom that is available for us in Jesus. There is freedom available to us in Jesus. And we must walk it out. So look at, look at verse 15. We're going to fly through what he says here. I do not understand what I do. He's talking about what that would be if the, if the Holy Spirit is not living in us, if we're not walking with the Spirit. For what I do, I, what, I, what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I end up doing. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. We can talk about what a lot of this means, but I want you to catch the essence of it. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but, but is sin living in me? Is sin, is sin living in him? Think about this. Look at verse 18. I know that nothing good lives in me that is in my sinful nature. Okay, be really careful here. What happened to sinful nature, guys? What happened to your sinful nature? It died. It died. If you back up in Romans 6, Romans 6, verse 6, for we know that our old self, this is the, the chapter before, we know that our old self was crucified with him. That old nature of ours was nailed to the cross of Jesus. It was put to death with him. That also in verse 11 of the previous chapter, chapter 6, verse 11, in the same way, count yourself. Understand that you are dead to sin. That old person that you were was nailed to the cross. That's what, that's what you did when you were baptized. That was symbolic of you dying with Christ. And if you're taking notes, which you should be, another couple other scriptures that we don't have time to look at is Colossians 2.11, where we're told that the, the sinful nature was put off, was cut off when you 
were circumcised by Christ. The idea of this, just that, that muck being cut out of your life. Okay, let's keep going. Second part of verse 18, for I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. He's speaking hypothetically as a person who is not walking out the, the life that God has provided. For what I do is not the good I want to do. He's saying the same thing again. The evil I do and I do not want to do. This I keep doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. He's talking as a person in that old life before being set free. So I find this law at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. No way. Evil is not there with him. If the Holy Spirit is in him, the Holy Spirit's with him. So he's speaking hypothetically. I want you guys to make sure that you, when you read this, you understand that this does not describe you. It describes what you would be if you were not walking with the Holy Spirit. For in my inner being, verse 22, I delight in God's law, but I see another law at work in my members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Do you guys, do you guys have ever had that feeling before? Like, I am such a rotten person because I messed up again. Who will rescue me from this body of death? And he's going to give the short answer, and then we're going to talk a little bit more about the longer answer and how to walk this out. But the short answer is verse 25. Thanks be to God who, res who rescues me through Jesus Christ our Lord. There you go. How are you guys walking freedom from sin? It's through Jesus. You will not break the chains of sin in your life apart from the help of God. doesn't happen. You can try and try and try and try, but it doesn't happen. And we're going to talk about this. So how, here's the question that I want to talk about. That I want to make sure you guys understand. How do I walk in freedom from the habitual power of sin in my life? And this is the question that so many people ask me, especially when they are addicted to pornography and masturbation. They want to stop. But over and over and over again, they give in. And I want to say there's freedom. And I'm going to explain how that works tonight. So first of all, Go forward a chapter to Romans 8 9. Romans 8 9, and here's the great news. You, people of the cornerstone, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if, if what? The Spirit of God lives in you. Do you guys see that? So if the Spirit of God lives in you. You want me controlled by the sinful nature. So what is the way for us to not be controlled by that habitual pattern of sinful nature that we once lived in before we knew Christ? The Spirit of God lives in us. Okay? So if you are being controlled, listen carefully, if you are being controlled by the sinful nature, it is either because the Spirit of God is not living in you meaning that you do not belong to Christ, or that you do belong to Christ, that you have asked, you have trusted him for your sins, but that you have believed a lie that your sinful nature still has control over you. Are you guys still listening to me? Okay, think about it this way. What happened on January 1st, 1863? You history people. Don't tell me it was my birthday. That was not my birthday. <laughs> January 1st, 1863, 
I'm not that old, guys. Okay, January 1st, 1863, President Lincoln signed into law the, you knew it, man, the, the Emancipation, the Declaration, what is it called? Emancipation Proclamation, sorry. He signed it into law, and on January 1st, 1863, all people who had been slaves in America were now officially free. Period. And what? And January 2nd, they all got up and did the exact same thing that they'd been doing all their lives. Because they didn't know they were free. And whenever anybody heard that they were free, their master said, you're not free. Get back to work. And they obeyed. Until six months later, Juneteenth, right? June 19th, when, all, when somehow they got the news, we're not only free, we've been free all along. You guys know what I'm talking about? What did they do on June 20? What would you do on June 20? You guys hearing what I'm saying? They've been set free a long time ago. Their freedom had been paid for. They didn't live like it because they didn't know. Then they found out that they were free. But they'd never done anything in their life that was free. So, so many of them didn't live out the freedom that was theirs. Plus, they had masters who didn't want them to. I guess you know what I'm saying. Guys, this is what happens all the time in our lives. You've been set free. You know you've been set free. And you got patterns in your life that are like, well, I don't know how to walk with freedom, so I just keep doing the same thing I've always done. You guys with me? So Galatians 5.16. I want you guys to write this down. I, want you, I think you, should, you guys should memorize this. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of your sinful nature. So, how do we resist the desires of our sinful nature? Walk in the Spirit. Your sinful nature was nailed to the cross. So how do we walk in the freedom of the habits? See, see what happened is the slaves had habits of, of ways, ways of living that they didn't, know, they didn't know how to adjust freedom. So there were habitual patterns that it's like, okay, what do we do? How do we, how do we live this free life? And we're the same way. There's so, there's so many of us that live out the patterns of what it was like before we were free. So I want you guys to know how to walk in freedom tonight, okay? Okay, so um, now if you, some of you guys have seen me do this before. If you, and I, I know I've done this with so many people in my office, and if you've, I've done it here at the Merge. If you've seen me do this before, then I'll blow it for the people who haven't. Okay, let them figure this out. So... Um, the, right here, I've got a cup, taco, cabana. Nope, sorry, El, El Pollo Loco. Sorry, didn't mean to don't, don't hold that against me. Okay, El Pollo Loco cup, um, and this cup is filled with it's filled with something. What is it? Air. It's filled with air. Okay, so it's filled with air, and um, and Leah, come here, come here, come here, come here, Leah. Okay. 
Okay, I want, Leah, I want you to, to get the air out of that cup for me. Now, don't help her, guys. Just, come on. Okay. Don't, don't, don't give her help, guys. Just let her think. Okay, here, the air in this cup represents sin in your life. And the way that so much of your struggle against sin has been, has been along the lines of me saying, get sin out of your life, Leah. Thanks. I'm trying. It's like, get out, sin. Okay, so go ahead and get the air out. Don't, don't break the cup. She's brilliant. Go ahead and get there out. Okay, guys, do you guys understand how hard this is? Okay, you can sit down. Sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, here's the deal, guys. Good. Give her a hand. Thank you. Sorry to make you feel awkward. Welcome, welcome to this great family, you know. Okay. Guys, guys, okay, we're gonna tell Leah how to get the air out of the cup, okay? The way you get the air out of the cup is you fill you fill the cup with water. Jessica, that's why I didn't call Jessica up here. Okay, the way you get the air out of the cup is you fill it with water. And I'm so thirsty because I'm talking like crazy. Okay, so I, I, you, got, you, put, you put water in the cup. Okay. Guys, I want, I want you guys to see this. Because for the rest of your lives, I want you to understand that the freedom from the habitual patterns of sin that you've experienced in your life is only, you're only freed from that by filling your life with Jesus. The way you get sin out of your life is not by trying to get sin out of your life. Do you guys understand me? Okay. The way that I, that I get you to stop thinking about, oh, to stop thinking unforgiving thoughts is not by reminding you of the person who hurt you. Think, okay, everybody think about, let's all forgive the person that hurt us the most. Everybody think about that person. You know what I'm talking about. What are you thinking about? You're thinking about what they did to you. Okay, that way is you fill your mind with the pure water of the word of God and there's no room for the bad stuff. Let me tell you, this is the key. It's the key. It's the only key. It's the only way. And yet most of us don't know how to do that. You guys know this verse in Romans 12, 9 that says, Romans, I'm sorry, Romans 12, 2 that says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, the, th- the way that the world thinks, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, you guys want your mind renewed? Yeah. That doesn't happen easily. Okay. I, mean, I want to show you a, a, a video here of somebody renewing their mind and how hard it was for them to renew their mind. Are you ready for that video? Okay. How hard it was for them. And some of you guys have seen this before because I've showed it here a few years back and I showed it at Grace Community Church. But go ahead. Um, and here's a backwards bicycle. Okay. Go ahead. Now, this is his kid. This is his kid. He, let me explain. His kid is three years old and his kid learned this in a couple days. He took eight months to learn how to ride the bi- backward bicycle. Are you going to give eight up? Eight months. Go ahead. This is how it starts. Look at this. This is such a big deal. Get up. You got it. Did you see his brain get it? So he 
in how many weeks have we been doing this two weeks in two weeks he did something that took me eight months to do which demonstrates that a child has more neuroplasticity am i even saying that right than an adult. It's clear from this experiment that children have a much more plastic brain than adults. That's why the best time to learn a language is when you're a young child. All right, today's bike log. I can ride smooth, I can ride fast. I'm thinking the experiment is over. Okay, now I'm in Amsterdam, a city that has more bicycles than people. The question is, can I ride a normal bike now? I mean, I've spent all this time unlearning how to ride a bike. If I go back and try to ride a normal one, will my brain mess up? So I've tweeted a Smarter Everyday Meetup, if you will, and I'm gonna see if somebody brings a bicycle and I'm gonna to try to ride a normal bike. Okay, yeah, stop right there. Here's the point. Here's the point. It took him eight months to relearn the pattern thinking that he'd grown up with. But once that was set, it was set. Here's, here's what I want you guys to understand. Old habits don't just, don't just get broken. They must be replaced with new habits. And new habits will take you painstaking effort to put into place in your life. Okay, I want you guys to hear some testimonies. I'm not sure who's all giving the testimonies, but I want some of you guys to give testimonies of the power of Jesus to set you free from sin. So if, if you're giving a testimony, I've talked, I, I know, okay, come on, come on, come on. So here's what I, I, I'm shooting for two, like a, less than two minutes per person, but I want you guys to tell, not about how bad you were, you can mention that a little bit, but talk about how, that Jesus set you free and the, the method that he used to set you free. Sometimes it's instantaneous, but often it's a method. And, and while, while he's talking, would you put my phone number up there so that people can text me questions that we're going to, so we're going to have about 10 minutes of testimonies, and then um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer, the last 10 minutes, I'm going to spend answering questions about freedom or freedom from sexual sin, specifically, if you guys got those questions. So here you go. Definitely not speaking about how bad I was, because I was pretty bad, but Jesus is very good. So um, that's the answer to that. Um, so just like we're talking about tonight, I had a long addiction to pornography and masturbation. Um, lasted for about 10 years. Um, saw freedom when I was uh, about the age of 18 or so. Um, the way Jesus broke that in my life was through transparency. Um, and that's become a really big theme within my life for the past year. Um, and through that came um, one verse that really came out to mind while I was thinking about what I was going to say tonight was James 5.16. It says, if you confess to one another your sins and you pray with one another, then you will be healed because the prayer of a righteous person is powerful in its effect. So whenever I spent time with Jesus and I said, God, you know, I'm dealing with this. I don't know how to be open about this because it's such a taboo topic in the church nowadays. Nobody wants to touch it. How, how am I able to express this to someone without making me sound like such a terrible person, even if I do know that's what I am without you? And he said, you just have to be honest. You have to be transparent because what they're going to see is me breaking down those walls inside of you. So com overcoming that fear, overcoming the deceit, like the enemy has continuously tried to tell us, it's recognizing that each and every single person in here that loves Jesus is going to be there. They're going to be as transparent with you as you are with them because there is no shame. There is no fear in the kingdom. So being able to be there with one another and praying with one another is, is how he helped me break through that.
Okay, I want I want to make sure you guys got that verse. The verse that he mentioned from James, um, James five, um, sixteen is, what did he say? The key to his freedom was confession. Confess your sins to one another, so that you may be healed. You got, if you guys are dealing with repetitive, habitual sin in your life, you must confess your sin to your brothers and sisters. Keeping it, it's not going to work. You need the help of the body of Christ to walk in freedom. Um, whenever I was in my teen years, I was the poster child of a Christian boy. Uh, yeah, no one, no one knew my sin, and it was also pornography. It was for nine years, and it was a daily thing. And one of the things that, that happened, really the thing that happened, was I had an experience with God one night. It was, it was August 24th, 2017, and I just moved over here to Arlington. I knew God was doing something crazy in my life. And so one night, whenever I was in my dorm room at Arlington Hall, I was sitting there, and I was asking the wrong question. I was asking, okay, how do I get this out of my life because I don't want it anymore? And then I got hit with Jesus. I, I, saw, the feet of, I saw the feet of Jesus. Guys, and if you, if you see Jesus, if you see the physical embodiment of Jesus, you cannot go back because you've seen it already. And you've seen the goodness and the glory of him. And you can't go back. Um, and what, what came to mind today, whenever I was thinking about this, was John 4, whenever Jesus talked to the Samaritan woman, and she's asking the wrong questions. She's saying, you know, what's the right place to worship? And what does Jesus do? He says something that is really awesome because he's Jesus. He said, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water that's springing up into everlasting life. What I got was Jesus, and what I have now is Jesus, and I know, I know that I know that I know that I know that Jesus has saved me from myself. And one of the things that has stuck with me, right, is that God took my low position, he took my weakness, which was pornography, and, and stuck to that, and he has now put me above where I was, and now I'm an advocate for making sure that people know that if you want to have a successful relationship, a successful marriage, if you want to be committed to God, if you are called to be single for the rest of your life, God wants you to be in intimacy with him, because it always lasts, it never goes away, and, we, and, and I know from experience that you can have it here tonight. Whatever you experienced here in worship tonight, if you got that little, little understanding of who God is and his goodness, you can get that tonight. You can get experience in God because we can tell you everything. We can tell you whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. But if you haven't experienced God, if you haven't experienced his goodness, you will never understand his goodness. And you can get that. It's free to everyone. It's freely offered. Hey, guys. Um, I just want to say that guys are not the only people who struggle with sexual sins. So all my ladies out there, you're not alone. And one of the biggest things that's helped me in my walk with freedom from all sorts of sin, including sexual sin, was just talking to other people. And you'd be amazed. I had this super long discussion with my sister. And we both ended up crying and just had so much freedom after that, knowing that she was experiencing similar things and that God was really moving in her life, too. And 
also in a more practical kind of everyday sort of way, it's true, the only way to get your mind off of something is to set it on something else, to completely focus and run towards Jesus. I know there'd be times I'd have um, thoughts or just moods or mindsets that seemed completely unshakable, that seemed like there was nothing I could do about them, but in those times, if I would totally focus on Jesus, I'd be like, Jesus, I need you right now. I need you here. I need to see you. I need to hear your voice. And I would repeat Galatians 5.16. I would repeat um, Colossians something <laughs> that I haven't repeated in a while, obviously. You know, all of Colossians is true. Galatians, Colossians. I had those minds, you know, set your mind on things above, not on earthly things, you know, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, when you fill your mind with the truth, when you fill your mind with Jesus, when you when you seek his presence and his spirit, he becomes the greatest thing to you and everything else falls away. Um, and talking to people can really help you to see it in perspective and to be honest with yourself about it because that can be one of the hardest parts. I, I, I wanna, I, can I just say one more thing about what Shakita just said? You guys have those, you know, she's talking about the, the, the thoughts. You guys have those thoughts that they play like tapes in your mind? And over and over, and you're like, get the thought out. But that's, that's like trying to get the air out of the cup. And I, wanna, I just want to encourage you guys, memorize the Bible. Memorize the scripture. Memorize the scripture. Who's got Psalm 23 memorized? Okay. Okay, why don't you come, come and say that for us? Come here. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Okay. Okay. Now, so I just want I just want you guys to close your eyes and listen to what she says, and I mean she's got this memorized because I asked her to memorize it because she was she had so much anxiety over something that happened this summer, and I said you got to get your mind off of what happened, but that's whatever is going through your mind, and get your mind filled with the Word of God, and those you know there's a zillion scriptures that are really powerful, but they you can say them in two seconds. And the good thing about Psalm 23 or Psalm 46, which is double 23, so it's a good thing to remember. I mean, there's, there's so many um, longer scriptures that that I, I I almost say automatically some, some thought starts to come, and instantly my mind is on that scripture. You, know, you guys know what conditional response is? Remember Pavlov rings the bell and the dogs salivate because the dogs are used to always get the food when the bell rings? That instantaneous response to something that happens. So temptation comes, anger comes, and instantly I'm saying these scriptures. It is so helpful. So listen to what, just listen to the words that Daniela speaks right now. And let this be something that you develop into habit. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all of the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Okay, here's what I want you guys to see. As she was saying that, I want you to just think back. What were you thinking about? 
Some of you guys were listening to what she was saying. Some of you were thinking, wow, she didn't really know that well. Some of you were thinking, Steve is weird. Um, but you know what she was thinking about? She was thinking about the words she was speaking. And this is the difference between reading the Bible and knowing the Bible. Because as is the case in your world history class, you can read seven chapters and go, I didn't pay any attention to what I read. But if you memorize it, it's instant. It's instant access. Temptation comes, you got it there. Let's go start with Psalm 23. Please, please, please. Okay, Dylan. Okay, I talked about this at one of the smaller mergers over the summer, but you, like, long story short, Jesus freed me from League of Legends. Like, guys. Well, I mean, I'm not kidding. Like, you guys laugh, but I'm not kidding. Like, like video games, like, are a pretty normal part of our culture, widely accepted even in, like, faith community. But if you let them take hold of your life, you're going to spend money you don't have on things you don't need. Like, and, and like how God cured me was just like meaningful work. And I'm, ta I'm not talking like, you know, you just go out and tell the garden, well, maybe you enjoy that. Maybe that's meaningful to you. But like, I'm talking about like, like coming here, you know, like, like you guys want meaningful work. Like we got a coffee shop, Amen. we got prayer and stuff. And if, and if you need, if you need more work, go over to Mission Arlington. Miss Tilly will put you to work. Like, it's good. So like, so like, don't, just don't, don't underestimate like the power of something that can take six hours from you every night, ruin your sleep schedule, and therefore your grades. Yeah. I'm going to be super quick, but um, I really feel like the Lord wants, um, yeah, I didn't know if I was going to do this, but I really feel like the Lord wants to use it. So I wanted to talk about the bounce back, the, the ways that we think that we um, are free of sin, and then we may bounce back. Um, and so a lot of that came from um, a lot of sexual sin in my life um, with a previous girlfriend, a previous relationship. Um, and I was freed from pornography um, at that time. I went through about eight months of no electronics whatsoever, no phone, no laptop, nothing. I, like, I felt the Lord told me to give it up, so I did. Really big deal. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, that like eight months we were like, yeah, yeah, let's... That's a good idea. Let's not let's not be sexually impure. Good idea. And then instead of, you know, trying to find rest, find comfort, and, and find the, your satisfaction in the Lord, um, it was really easy to bounce back. Um, it was really easy to bounce back into the same things that we were doing. Um, and it wasn't until two years um, into that relationship, whenever we finally broke up, that I finally realized, wow. I was not living with the Lord. <laughs> like, I, I was seeking after him, and I knew things, and I knew that the Lord loved me, but it wasn't until that whole part of my life just, like, crashed down around me, which is a pretty drastic measure I hope none of you have to go through. But it wasn't until that point where the Lord was finally like, hey, I've been here the whole time, and it was this easy, and you could have just had it, you know, the whole time. And it wasn't that he was like rubbing it in my face, but it was that, it was that acknowledgement finally of, wow, yeah, there, there is a bounce back. There is further temptation after you, after you get through those temptation. Um, Steve talked about it, you know, there's, 
like Psalm 23. That's a, that's a, I don't have that memorized, but I would read that, you know, whenever I would go through times. I should have had it memorized, but I would read it, you know. Um, and the thing is, is I just really want to encourage you guys, if you are going through that time of like you're having those thoughts or you have maybe relapsed back into something that you were doing, whether that's like addiction to video games. I've been there before, <laughs> you know, um, whether that's addiction to just whatever, any problems, like I want to encourage you guys, um, really, like there is freedom in Christ. And just because you bounce back doesn't mean that God isn't going to be there. doesn't mean that God isn't going to love you any, you know, less than he already does. And it is an open hand. Like he has an open hand stretched out to you. Um, so yeah, that was my thing. Okay, guys, I, I want to, I want to, I want you to think about the bounce back. The guy learning how to ride the bicycle. During those eight months, he'd start to get the bicycle thing right. And what you missed, because the sound was off, he'd start to get the bicycle thing right, and he said, and then my cell phone would ring, and I'd instantly, my brain would flip, and I'd go back to my old way, and I'd crash. Something would distract me. But one, once he got it down, once the habit was there, once the, the new habit was more ingrained in his life than the old habit, he couldn't bounce back. Do you guys understand? Do you understand what that what the application is to our lives? I mean, I, I'm not saying there's a like you're gonna you know the, there's a book called Every Man's Battle, and I want to say that's a bad name of a book. I understand why it's called that. The idea is that every every guy is gonna have this temptation. I want to say that once you learn how to ride the bicycle, the backwards bicycle, once you learn the pattern, that's your life. That's your that's your identity. It's freedom. That's where freedom is. I mean, and, and I, I just want to say, guys, this is th there is freedom through habitual decision making that becomes a part of who you are. And th there's there's no, I've done plenty of rotten things in my life, but one of the wonderful things that somehow the Lord has enabled me to learn as a habit is I've never used pornography once in my life. And and I don't say that to brag. I'm just saying it's possible. Has there been temptation? Sure. But, but the, 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 the pattern of instantaneous turning to the Lord and having the Word of God memorized so instantly, I mean, it, it is good to read the Word, but you can't get the Bible open quick enough. You, you will not walk in freedom from habitual sin unless you memorize the Word of God and, and learn the pattern, the painstaking pattern of applying it instantly. Okay? Is that... Is that helpful? I hope that hope that makes sense to you guys. Okay. Was there somebody else that was going to share? Or is there? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. All right. So most of y'all know me. I'm not social. I'm not the one to just stand out and, like, say things. Um, but a lot of my past has been hurt. Hurt from people. Hurt from even church people that I grew up with for 15 years of my life. Um, so... It's cool because the Lord rescued me from insecurities. He rescued me from self-hurt. He rescued me from doing things that I shouldn't do. Um, and so, hang on, let me pull it up really fast. Even, e even freedom from fear. Like, y'all know me. I would be shaking at this point, but there's complete peace. Um, so Colossians 1, 19 and 20, for in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So for me, having a community, that's what's really like helped, like God's filled that void, but having people to support me and love me um, is awesome. So his love is always chasing after us. Um, so, yeah. Okay, guys, I think we're out of time. Um, but we're going to have we're gonna have people in the prayer room over here to pray for you. I would like to, I would like that we pray for people tonight and they walk out of here and never go back to the muck of the past. That can happen tonight. That can happen with some of you. Others of you are going to make a decision tonight to learn that the habitual pattern of riding the backwards bicycle. And you're going to work on it and work on it and work on it and you're going to get free. But we need freedom for every person in this room. And it's available for you if you want it. So let's stand up. Let's close in prayer. And Father, we're just asking for freedom, just freedom for my friends here. That every, that every chain that you unlocked would be thrown away today. Habitual patterns of turning to you with every temptation. The renewing of our mind. Learning how to do something as hard as ride a bicycle backwards. Set my friends free. Jesus set us free. Set these people free. Set us free, Lord. Would you teach us how to turn to you, to walk in your light, that we'd, 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 we'd have the aroma of Christ all over us because we're walking with you, living by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of that old sinful nature. Teach us to do that. Lord, we just want to be close to you. Don't let us go our own way. Would you complete in us this work that you started? Just speak freedom over my friends here. Freedom over them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Guys, if, if you need prayer in the room there, um, in the prayer room, and of course, like, like James said, he's available for counseling, and of course, you guys can always come and meet with me or any of the other leaders also. We're done. And lunch tomorrow at 1230.